You're tuned in to the Here to Last podcast, where we have authentic and meaningful conversations on topics that matter in life. I'm your host, Deborah Chan. We only have one chance at life, so it matters what we listen to. So lean in. Hello and welcome back. I'm so happy that you're joining me on this second episode and I just want to say it is my honor and privilege. So let's get right into it. In the first episode, I briefly explained the why behind Here to Last. And if you want to know more, hop onto that episode after this one. I can't stress the importance of knowing our why for all that we do and invest in in our lifetime. Between that episode and this one, I had some time to think about what I wanted to share and then, voila, (laughs) something amazing and miraculous happened in our home. Immediately, I knew deep within me that this was a story that was going to be told because even as I was witnessing that miracle, I was gleaning so many life lessons from it. And I want to leave you with three significant lessons at the end of my story today. Okay, let me set the scene. When it comes to nature, I love almost everything about it. All except one thing. Ask any of my family or friends and they will tell you that Deb hates insects and creepy crawlies. I know hate is a strong word, But history has confirmed it that Bucks and I just don't go together. So growing up, I did a lot of camping and had many hair-raising encounters with giant beetles, spiders, crocodiles, lizards, big fat ants, leeches, the list goes on. My screams and shrieks were heard miles away. But I kept going for camps despite these encounters. I guess I just had a love for nature just not the creepy collies. During my years living in rural Cambodia, in the kampong areas, I had to face my fears head on. As a grown adult and a new parent then, I knew I had to brave up and not let my fears get the better of me. And so we lived in a kampong uh, area. Our house was um, made of bricks actually. Uh, But somehow or rather, insects had a way of finding its way to me. We were surrounded by greens from paddy fields to overgrown foliage, uh, messy bushes, lots of trees around. It was really the perfect breeding place for creepy crawlies. I have so many encounters of creepy crawlies in Cambodia. I encountered palm-sized spiders, scorpions in my garage, snakes in my garden, all that to say that I don't have an affinity for bugs. But nature teaches us a lot if we allow ourselves to stop, observe, listen and reflect. So about a week ago, some insects followed us home into our living room. We have a small garden in our backyard and my husband Terence enjoys pottering around trying his green thumbs at different seedlings and saplings. He called out to the kids one morning and pointed at three hungry caterpillars munching away on lime leaves. We were certain that the caterpillars were coming in because they were beautiful and it was really therapeutic to watch them 
eat and eat and eat and eat. And so we built a super simple terrarium uh, in a small jar. We put in lime leaves and branches. And if you've never seen caterpillars munching on leaves, it is incredibly therapeutic. So those hungry caterpillars started munching away and for days it was just eating and eating and eating and crawling all over the terrarium and then it started to slow down and then one morning we woke up and found only one caterpillar in the jar. I frantically look around, I turned the jar almost upside down, tried to look at different angles and I couldn't find the other two caterpillars and then I realized that Two caterpillars had turned into pupas. They were hiding under a rubble of leaves and hidden between leaf folds and they looked exactly like leaves. And between then and when the butterfly emerged, it was practically a waiting game. I did my research and it said that it will take between seven to nine days before the butterfly would emerge. And so we left the pupa as it is and we did nothing to it. And day seven came around. It was one whole week of waiting. I was a little bit excited uh, because maybe something would have changed, but no signs. There were no signs of life or movement. And then day eight was the same as well. And day nine was the same as well. By then, I was literally thinking to myself, gosh, this pupa is probably going to stay like it is and nothing will change and I would probably have to chuck out the entire thing into the garden and hopefully I'll be able to see more caterpillars in the future. I was losing hope at that time, but I didn't say anything to my children. I kept them waiting and they were anxious and then we just left it as it is. Then day 10 came. I woke up one morning wasn't even expecting to see a butterfly and I peeped into that jar and lo and behold, I witnessed frantic fluttering. I shouted so loud that my kids came running into the kitchen where the jar was and I said, guys, there is a butterfly. They leaped out of their chairs and came running to the jar and it was just a whole commotion around this jar and this butterfly that emerged from it. And we spent just a few moments celebrating that life that was inside that jar. And then Seth said something that really triggered this whole thinking process of, you know, the, the life cycle of a butterfly. He said, Mommy, how can a creepy caterpillar turn into something so, so beautiful? Thought of the day. I'm going to leave you with three significant life lessons that I learned while observing the life cycle of the butterfly. And the first is this, honour the process of change. In order to come into form, the butterfly developed through a process we all know and we learned in science called metamorphosis. It has four stages and before the butterfly emerges, each stage is fully dependent on the other, which means that if a caterpillar is a caterpillar, it has to be a 100% caterpillar before it transforms into a pupa. In that stage of being a caterpillar, all it seemingly does is eat, 
and eat and eat and eat. It also has to shape its skin several times before it's ready to curl up and spin into a cocoon around itself before it develops into a pupa. It's hard work being a caterpillar, if you think about it. If it doesn't eat enough, doesn't crawl far enough to find the leaves that it needs to grow and feed on, it will die halfway. And that's what happened to our third caterpillar. Our third caterpillar actually died because we ran out of lime leaves to feed it. How often we want the success that others have, but we're not ready to put in the hard work or go through the pain. I think it's a good reminder for all of us to recognize the season that we're in right now. So if you're a stay-at-home mom or a young entrepreneur, or if you're a student or a leader in the business world, or someone really climbing the corporate ladder and working hard at it, or if you're a mom like me who's trying to juggle work and family and ministry um, and children, respect the journey that you're in, in that season in your life. Put in all that you have. Do an excellent job at it and be 100% present in whatever that you put your hands to the plow. And so the transition from a caterpillar to a pupa is natural. Likewise, transitions and changes in our life is natural and is necessary. Some transitions are within our control and some aren't. So this pandemic is a crazy example of change that is really not within our control. But what, what do we do in those times? We honour the process of change. We recognise that we have to write through it before we can come through the other end. If we decide to ignore it, run away from it, or limit it, we fail to fully develop as a person. And it will inhibit us from flying in the future. What's incredible about change is that after that particular season, the shape and the form alters. And that's exactly what happens in our life. When we learn to recognize, acknowledge and step into change and transitions boldly, we change as a person on the inside and out. Our perspective changes, our character changes, our outlook in life changes. And we really are not the same person as we used to be. So I'm a person that journals, but I don't journal every day. But I keep a journal for when I need to clarify thoughts and emotions, to crystallize ideas, jot down prayers. My box of journals are a treasure trove. And maybe once a year, I dig them out to read it and have a good chuckle. And one thing I realize is this, that I'm not the same person as I was in my teens or in uh you know, the days where I was emerging into adulthood, my understanding on things have, de have deepened and my perspective on life has definitely altered. And I think, I want to think that I've gained more wisdom. And it is true that process of change and transition and when we spend enough time to reflect, then we realize that we are actually being transformed from the inside out. So let's honor the process of change in our lives. The goal is when we recognize the shifting of the seasons and jump on it as an opportunity to grow. The second lesson is this, shed our old skin. Did you know that a caterpillar sheds his skin up to four to five times and that process is called molting? 
how valuable to look at this movement as a mandatory process of shedding and expansion and that it is a must but it doesn't only occur once but it occurs several times it reminds me of the posture that we should take in life and towards people and that's the posture of humility you see i love deep and meaningful conversations i love conversations that stimulate the mind challenge the soul ignite something within me but there is something that gets me every time when i walk away from a conversation and i sense humility from the other person it stops me in my tracks and i'm just in awe humility gets me all the time it's not status nor titles or positions or how smart or intellectual a person is but if a person portrays humility i know that i've stumbled upon a special person so what exactly is humility it's a conscious posture that someone takes that recognizes that he or she can learn something from anyone regardless of age gender nationality past experience culture and so forth and that there is always something to be caught in every situation in life good or bad when we hold on to our old ways old patterns of thinking old habits and the lenses in which we see our life through it's like that caterpillar that refuses to shed its old skin but when we walk in humility our life takes on a whole new form and it must occur not once but over and over again and so for me it's my desire to have humility in my life even up until i'm old and gray i want to be able to learn something from someone or something from a situation that i'm going through and finally the third and final lesson is this your surroundings don't determine what happens within you this for me was the most intriguing stage of the butterfly development see we left the terrarium as it is for more than a week and at one glance it looked like a bunch of dried leaves and twigs everything in the terrarium had already dried up within and everything looked like it was ready to be thrown out into the garden except for that leaf like pupa everything was dying around except for that pupa special cells were forming and growing rapidly to shape the legs eyes intricate patterns of the wings and other parts of the butterfly and though the pupa appeared unchanged from the outside during this stage there was dramatic transformation taking place on the inside when nothing seems to be happening the biggest change is taking place and i think of these times as necessary pockets of time where we carve out for solitude rest and reflection often times when i ask people how are you doing the answer is almost always i'm good or i'm busy busy is often times the right answer to give because if we're not overly busy it seems to someone on the outside that we must be resting too much or having too much free time but that default of busy can be harmful if not hazardous for our souls so the question is this what do we do during our down times do we intentionally carve out time for ourselves 
when we get into the habit of making time for ourselves to dig deep and gain clarity, that's when transformation really happens. For me, during my down times or during my me times, it is when new ideas, discoveries, creativity and fresh perspective flows. When I became a parent seven years ago, I realized what the phrase, I don't have time means. Children invade your personal space and life is never the same again once you have children. And I say it in a good way. Children are great and fantastic, but it's also easy to lose ourselves in that parenting journey because they take up so much time, so much energy, so much brain power, so much emotional space. And it's a special season in our life. Take it as it comes. But all I'm saying is that we must not let go of our pockets of solitude, rest and reflection. Make time in your day, week, months to come away. Don't let busy be the easy excuse of not digging deep. When things seem to be going well and everything is fine and dandy, It may not seem necessary for us to come away and to have our me time, but it is also precisely those times that we need to because those times will set the stage for what is to come. When we make time for ourselves, we allow the opportunity and space for us to transform from the inside out. It's not just fleeting change, but deep change. So if I can leave you with a few questions to ponder on during your next me time, it would be this. I don't expect anyone to run through the entire list of questions all at one go, but it's important to just keep these questions in mind and make sure that you have an answer for it. Ask yourself these questions. Who am I? Whose am I? What are the principles and values I stand for? What are my priorities in life at this moment? What kind of legacy am I going to leave behind? What am I running towards? And finally, what are the whys for what I'm busy with right now and why is it important for me? My times of solitude have evolved from just asking questions to listening. When I ask questions, essentially, I'm talking to myself but I'm also speaking to God and having a conversation with Him. And these days, I spend a lot more time listening and leaning in. And no, I don't have a lot of time for this, but even if it means 15 minutes a day, I'll take it. Alrighty, that's it for now. I hope my story and the three lessons that I left with you have somehow inspired you and ignited some kind of hope for you to chart the journey that is ahead of you. And if you have a small garden, And if you happen to have a lime plant or a lime tree hanging around, look out for little eggs on leaves or look out for caterpillars. Put them in a terrarium and watch them grow. It is a miracle to behold. Thank you guys for listening once again. Hit the subscribe button if you have not. Tell others about this podcast channel. I will be and I am deeply appreciative. Thank you all for listening. Until then, more chit chat soon.